You're listening to the Cinema Snacks Podcast. I'm Larry. I'm Ren. And today we are telling you how we really feel about the worst films and television of 2021. You're in for the cinema snarkiest. Yeah, as I say, this is what it's all about when you're tuning into a podcast called Cinema Snarks. <laughs> this is it. So rash. Yeah, last time you just heard us gush and talk about all the things we loved, all of the great TV shows, some of those superlatives we discussed on our last one. We're, we're on the negative end of things, but mostly we, we were happy last episode. Yes, mm-hmm. to recap, the yeah. worst, uh, most disappointing from on my part was uh, yeah. Red Notice. And my and... most disappointing was House of Gucci. Yeah. But that's it. Uh, then uh, we... We are ready to move on to the other terrible yeah. things. That we now see. we're ready to talk about the actual worst. And Ren actually is going to start us off with one last superlative here before we get into these worst TV shows. Oh, yes, because I forgot year. to add in there. So this is in no way related to the worst. It was a good show. It was a very good show. Show with the most people I know in it. <laughs> So uh, as I've explained, I've been in theater for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, The longer you are in theater, the more just statistically some of the people that you've done a show with at some point in time are going to get famous or just like be in a thing that is famous. Um, So Mayor of Easttown was filmed in Philadelphia and a no joke, I knew at least four people in that movie um, in different roles. Um, I actually did a play with the guy who was the, uh, the, the lady stealer, Jeb Krieger. Did a, did a play with him. Very cool play. Um, and I also did a play, a couple of plays uh, with um, the lady cop in the, the office. Her name's Kitson O'Neill. Um, and then I did a bunch of plays with the dad of one of the girls who got kidnapped and was like in the video. Um, and uh, I have, as I said, I've had lots of crazy bosses. Uh, his girlfriend, I think it's his wife now, was also got... Russ is in lots of things. Russ, who played the dad, he got he gets he's on like Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like he's had like his SAG card for a while. So he does lots of different things. He was like back and forth to New York. Um, and so he got cast and that was a little that's a little le- less surprising. But I'm pretty sure his wife got like grandfathered into that scene as the wife next to him. Uh, Ginger Dale. <laughs> I'm just throwing these names out there. They're not going to listen to it. I blocked Ginger on uh, Facebook a long time ago because <laughs> she- maybe she's better now. Um, anyways, <laughs> Mayor of Easttown, show with the most. So, so Mayor know. didn't make your top five, though, huh? Mayor didn't make my top five. The people five, loved it. it. The people were going ham for I it. Really, I really liked Mayor of okay. Easttown. It's totally up my alley. It's like, you know, yeah. it's it's crime and like solving a mystery. And um, I just tend to favor shows that are that are fun and I enjoy it. And okay. I, I kind of wanted to like, I watch, the other thing is like, I watched a lot of TV in 2021. Again, here in the pandemic. So there was just a lot of competition for things that I like discovered okay. that were already out. Um, but yeah, for like a new release, it's definitely up there. I really like this. Um, yeah, let's, we, we should just get these little shows out the way because I don't have too much on um, my worst shows. Um, basically, if you weren't on the best, you were on the worst. <laughs> um, and I, I enjoyed these shows all to a varying degree. So I actually didn't hate any of the TV I watched, but I only watched like eight shows this year. So there we go. Uh, so it would be, I'm just going to fi- rapid fire mine off if you don't mind. Just get them out go of the way it. and then I'll let you go ham. 
uh, Cowboy Bebop by default is here. I watched it. I actually didn't hate it as much as everybody else, but maybe that's because I'm not like a diehard for the anime series. Uh, I thought John Cho was fun. It just, it felt a little aimless overall. So that was its main problem. And then the one-two duo of, um, or I guess the threesome duo. I guess I watched nine because What If is there, which was fine. I, oh, you didn't like What If? What If was fine. Oh. I thought, again, some episodes I loved. Some episodes I was like, mm, yeah. it's a little bit outlandish. So yeah. it was just uneven, but I don't yeah, really count agreed. that. It's like an anthology. Yeah. Um, the two that need to be mentioned here are Hawkeye and Falcon and Winter Soldier for me. You did not like Hawkeye, huh? No. Uh, so this is what I'm talking about with basic. I thought these two shows were basic to the core. These grounded stories in Marvel. If you're going to tell them, you have to execute them perfectly to me anymore. Or else I'm just bored. Like Falcon and Winter Soldier, there were some, uh, they have their moments of being cool. They have their moments of being fun, but it was such an unfocused mess, Falcon and Winter Soldier. They added so many different plot lines into that show that just- it's interesting those two okay so that's a great uh, hawkeye i liked but i'm i like uh, i was excited like christmas first <laughs> first of all i like christmas so that already gives it a point for me i enjoy it, especially when it's like a christmas themed thing around yeah. christmas i appreciated that yeah um i also really liked that i didn't give a fuck about hawkeye i was so stupid and then like in this show they gave him these trick arrows which he hasn't had for the last decade of movies that would have been really useful in all the films and made him a much cooler character um, and much more effective. So I'm glad the new Hawkeye will have the opportunity (laughs) to be useful. Um, But I- he both just got them. outshone by most everyone again. Like, yeah, that's the problem the with Hawkeye. As a character, he's just so bland and boring. Like, even yeah. when you give him a family, you're still coming, oh, okay. Right? Then you bring in Yelena. Now I really want has... to know what's up with Lauren Cardellini's character and yeah. his wife. Like, what is See, her crazy backstory? All the women you know? around him, you're like, they're more interesting. Like, her, the wife, uh, Yelena, comes in with all of this charisma and just personality. So you're okay. like, I'll rather just go follow her. We got Kingpin coming in at the very end of the series with echo and that whole that i like weird and that see that again this series started to do that too so we have yelena we have kingpin we have echo we have kate bishop we have kate bishop's mom and that whole storyline plus we have hawkeye and his family and so it was just a lot that by the time we got to the end you didn't really care about a lot of these different plot lines. The one thing I think they did really well was actually give homage to Black Widow, which the Black Widow movie did not really do a good job of itself or any of the other Marvel movies. This one Um, actually, like, you were like, oh, yeah, we're sad. Black Widow is gone, you know, like. (laughs) It does feel like, it does feel like they took the note, but, like, retroactively, where everyone was like, what the, she saved the world, (laughs) y'all. And you just whoop, glossed right over yeah. it. We're not even going to talk about it. Black Widow, that's it. Head yeah. shake. That's all she gets in the last movie. Yeah. Anyways. So um, those are my, those are my yeah. words. Not, I didn't hate them. I just, uh, I was I, like, I, eh. I would say with those two, um, actually they were bloated, right? They mm. actually would have been better streamlined and made into just movies, right? So that, so I'm like, I'm just not quite sure like, like who, what we're doing here. Yeah. I mean, it's Kevin Feige who's deciding what warrants a movie and what warrants oh. a show. And I don't think he's doing a great job of figuring out yeah. which things. Now I mean, that we have the like, streaming service, I think it, it's, a, it's a rough patch. Like we're like yeah. not really sure. Oh, maybe this could have been a show or this. Yeah, because these yeah. these two stories, they had to add in so much that they became bloated. But really, they could have been a good streamlined 
just hour and a half, two hour film. You're right. I agree with you. On to the bottom five show. Um, So this is actually a little bit of a controversial take. I watched Kevin can fuck himself and it was just weird. I don't know. I liked the concept of it. So the idea is that it's um, it's 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 a a, like a 90s sitcom husband and wife. But then you follow her separate life outside of him and his bullshit so the show kind of transitions between these like scenes where it's like a 90s sitcom and then to her and it becomes this dark sort of comedy but not really where she's basically like having a mental breakdown and deciding that she's gonna like kill her husband because she hates him so much and he deserves to be uh, uh, he de- he deserves to die for all of the bullshit that he's pulled, right? Which, like, okay. in the context of a sitcom, is like cute. In the context of like a real life woman who's having to deal with it, becomes like, wow, this guy's a sociopathic monster. It's interesting, and the concept is interesting. It just um, it was kind of boring, I guess. I wasn't engaged enough. I think I don't like the characters, any of the characters, enough to really connect with it it's gotten a lot of good press a lot of people really like it um but i i uh, was not super enthused about it i watched the whole thing and was like Meh. so uh other things that i watched that were terrible fate the winks saga um was on netflix i i like fantasy uh this show was nonsense <laughs> So the big problem I had with it, you know, I don't mind a a cheesy CW style teenage fantasy. Like you've heard me talk all about Vampire Diaries. Big fan of Vampire Diaries. Wink Sucker is like, it's nonsense. But, and it, it, so as it turned out, somebody explained to me, the the show feels like you've been dropped into the middle of the of a world that you're supposed to already know a bunch of things about and you don't so it's very confusing and weird on top of the fact that like it's bad teenager acting and like bad contrived drama between these children and it's just like not good um so fate the wink saga was not good I watched the morning show, both the first season and the second season. The first season was really good. The second season, which came out in 2021, was garbage. It's super boring. Um, basically, you made the one character who we kind of liked an asshole in the second season. So now none of the characters on the show, season two is just like terrible, terrible people, not one person that you can like and root for. You just kind of want everybody's career to be over and the show to end because it's garbage. And it's not like fun. It's not fun to watch. It's not interesting. You know, they don't play as much with, um, they had really good high stakes in the first season and they solved everything for the most part and then kind of like kept going. Um, so yeah, season two is bad and I did not like it. Uh, this is another controversial take because I saw it on some lists of like things that really people liked. The Nevers garbage had so much promise um it was originally helmed by joss whedon and i guess part way through he was fired slash left because there was all kinds of controversy about how he's evil um the television show basically uh towards the last like two episodes became something totally different and and not what it was set up to be in the first several episodes it it just stops making any sense it went from this neat kind of supernatural questioning thing to all of a sudden next episode oh the main character that we haven't known anything about she's an alien (laughs) like they don't there's no reveal 
there's no like clues about this it's just <laughs> now we all understand she's an alien and they start, start talking about it as if this is okay she's an alien okay they like solved this mystery without solving the mystery they just like gave you the information all of a sudden and okay. it, so it, like suddenly went off the rails and was not a good show so we i actually didn't even watch the like last two episodes because after i watched the two right after it was like whoa what has happened i was like no this is garbage and it's not going to be renewed because it's garbage and uh, it's broken it's they lost their showrunner halfway through the plot and broke it their show so bummer it seemed like it could be really cool and then it ended up being really bad um and then the last one this is this one is both terrible and also i kind of enjoyed it uh oh this is my bad but uh <laughs> fuck boy island um i watched the entirety of that very silly dating show it is infuriating Man, and i, I watched <laughs> Why do you hate me? Because I watched Fuckboy Island. <laughs> F-Boy, yeah. which they said the entire time, which I think is weird because it's a Netflix show and it's not like anybody under the age of 13 is watching this show. But anyways, F-Boy Island, um, which basically redeems... you. I don't... I was, like, upset. I was watching the first, like... I was really upset that I was watching, like, the first, like every single episode up until the season finale and then the season finale there's this big twist there's this big thing that kind of like redeemed it just enough because <laughs> there's like all this drama associated with it but it's like it was so frustrating to basically watch these women who came on the show being like i am looking for someone who's not an f-boy and then like they know which ones are f-boys it's infuriating to watch these women be so stupid about who is clearly full of shit and then infuriating when they tell them the women find out when the men are actually just f-boys and they still just are like well maybe i can fix him he really he loves me so maybe he's Larry, the show's, it's infuriating. So anyways, <laughs> Fuckboy Island is actually kind of good because it like sucks you in in that way where you're like watching yeah. people like with your eyes, like Jesus Christ. It's similar <laughs> to that show Too Hot to Handle, which is also incredible. Right. Too, hot, too Hot to Handle is just like, it's these very hot people who can't figure out how to not have sex, which is absurd to all the rest of us out here in the world who are able to control our sexual impulses and don't like have free access to sex whenever we want and no like attachment to sex whatsoever. These people are asked to just like for hundreds of thousands of dollars, they are asked to just like keep their hands to themselves for a few weeks so that they can get to know these people in a realistic way and they can't do it they like lose their minds anyways uh it's outrageous it's outrageous so anyways i'm a, a sucker for a netflix dating show but f-boy island was in both terrible and kind of good uh, kind okay of. <laughs> well then i think i liked it theoretically yeah the season finale made made it more memorable anyways they shouldn't do another season but they i not. am glad i have not seen any of those films or uh, any of those television uh, shows oh, yeah. thank you you um, might like actually King kevin can fuck himself yeah. um that might work for you but yeah the that. rest of the ones i don't think you would well, let's talk about the worst of the worst, the bottom of the barrel when it came to film 2021. 
I know you haven't seen any Christmas movies, but I'm going to start with the definitely worst, worst one, which is Father Christmas is back. Uh, I I have to confess, I did not even finish watching this. Um, Me and Patrick can sit and watch lots of not that good movies. This was one we literally about half an hour to 45 minutes through. We're like, this is just bad. And I don't I don't want to watch it anymore. There's there's nothing I like about this movie. It. It's like it's supposed to be funny and it's not at all. And it's deceptive. Like Elizabeth Hurley is in it and she is like selling it. And Kelsey Grammer is in it, like selling it. And, but they're bad. None of them are good. It's weird. It's like every actor, some actors think they're in a campy comedy. Some actors think they're in one of those like drama comedies. And some actors think they're in like a regular comedy. John Cleese is in it too. Sorry to be clear. Like there is a, a an ensemble of characters in it. So the, the plot is that it's Christmas at the, uh, the Christmas house. Their last name is Christmas. It's Christmas at the Christmas house and their father who left them, these five daughters at they're having Christmas together. Their father that left them when they were children has come back from Florida to spend Christmas. Um, it's played by Kelsey Grammer and inexplicably Kelsey Grammer speaks in an American accent, even though they've made it clear in this film that he is an English guy. He is English. He moved from England. His brother is English. He moved to America. And then they make a whole thing about how he dropped his accent when he moved to America. And like that alone should be enough for you to go, why? Why? It was like bad sound design. Like all of those, the music didn't make any sense. The sound effects were like supposed to make it funny, but they didn't work. I've just like very rarely seen a movie that works so poorly and you have to wonder what these, you know, celebrities were thinking when they decided to be in it. And also at the same time, these sorts of movies are very inspiring because it says to me, well, if this piece of shit could get made, I bet I could make a movie. So anyway, Father Christmas is back. Just take it right off of Netflix. Burn it. I don't know if you can burn a digital thing, but you should. Well, uh, I'll go ahead and stick with Netflix then. And I will kick us off with He's All That, which was just... It looked bad. (laughs) Just absolutely terrible. Addison Ray now has a freaking Netflix deal. This little TikTok girl or whatever the hell she is. And she is terrible and i had lost faith in humanity uh i don't know why she's all that needed a remake at all uh, leave not in the late 90s and early 2000s have a very specific tone and they were funny and fun at the time for what they were leave them there they they don't need to be remade we don't need to try to update them none of it just leave them where they were let them be a time capsule of the era in which they came from because this movie did not need this we didn't need this to happen the acting is terrible there is horrible product placement thrown in the singing is bad the script like they literally fling horse shit at each other as like Oh, cute. They're getting to love each other. No. I mean, it is. (laughs) It's so bad. All 
up and down. Some people have tried to be like, it's not the worst thing. I said, no, it is. Uh, (laughs) It was really bad. And one of the worst made films. It had like, see, this is when I come film snob because it looks like a streaming movie. And you know what that looks like. Don't, don't play to me like, you know, no, no. It has that overwash, like bright kind of lighting. Mm -hmm. It looks flat the camera work is very flat it's like the worst of the streaming movies not like the prestige stuff you know <laughs> martin scorsese's irishman no yeah. that's not, i don't count low that. budget stuff it's the, terrible yeah yeah it's the sort of stuff that like yeah it's lifetime every, let me yeah, say that I, I it's, say, like, it's like it every been on cheesy lifetime. christmas movies yeah. but like at least i know what i'm getting with those cheesy christmas movies right i'm not yeah. and i guess i just anything. don't watch a lot of the teenage rom-coms on netflix ever like i skip them but from what i've heard like demographic to all the boys in the world is much better than this uh, patrick and i really like those movies most people i know really enjoy them so i know that netflix can make really cute crowd-pleasing good uh teenage romances love the babysitters club um, I know they can do it. Uh, they can this totally is just do not it. This is just garbage. And I'm sad that this is like one of the Netflix films I watched that Ren didn't see. <laughs> I knew better. <laughs> I knew better. <laughs> All right, let's keep going with Netflix because I think three of my worst films are from Netflix. Uh, Night Teeth, which um, I don't think so. Right, so I had a Christmas movie. Now this was a a, a movie that I watched around Halloween. Um, <laughs> So Night Teeth <laughs> follows uh, two vampire ladies who are on a mission uh, to screw up the gang hierarchy of the vampire of the of the town. They're in like L.A. Okay. And uh, th- it follows these two vampires and the driver of their SUV who is covering for his cousin who's actually like a van helsing type character whose girlfriend was taken and killed by the vampires and like i guess theoretically it could have been an interesting fun vampire film but it was not so there's this very forced sort of like relationship between that develops between one of the vampires and the driver over the course of the evening like they fall in love over the course of the evening which in and of itself is goddamn bullshit but it's especially bullshit with vampires who in every piece of media you've ever seen about a vampire vampires are very tortured things and if they're gonna fall in love with anyone and have a sudden attack of conscience where they actually care and they have their human it's a whole struggle that's the whole point of vampires is the struggle between their humanity and their monstrousness and this girl over the course of a night this you know I think in this movie, she's theoretically supposed to be like 70 years old, right? She's not crazy old, but like much older than this guy um, because that's how vampires work. She falls in love with him and dumps all of her, her entire clan for this guy. And the fight scenes aren't good and none of it makes any sense. And like the plan is bad and the acting is not good. And it's just, it was it was just a garb, a hot pile of garbage. All right. Well, my next one uh, caps off the year of the musical. Um, easily the worst musical of the year for me is Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> uh, I have never seen the stage production, obviously. 
And leaving this film, I was actually pretty baffled as to how it became such like this huge musical on Broadway because I had heard of Dear Evan Hansen before. Mind you, I didn't really know uh, the story because I thought it had something to do with like LGBT storyline and does not at all. Um, No, this film just made me so uncomfortable watching it because you're trying to straddle this line where we have this main character who is doing actually pretty terrible things um, and manipulating people to get a girlfriend uh, based off of the fact that her brother just committed suicide, manipulating the parents and all of this false hope. Like he is lying to the family of this kid that just committed suicide and it is gross. In the same breath, he also very clearly has some sort of disorder himself some sort of social disorder so we are villainizing this character who needs empathy within himself but is doing terrible things it is so like just gross from the onset that i don't know why like it's supposed to be inspirational it's supposed to be like a a movie to champion like mental health awareness and instead it just comes off as this botched mess of a message and i just i felt gross the whole time watching it i was ready to leave i felt uncomfortable with the whole premise of what was going on you didn't uh, even mention that this guy it looks and like then, a 30 year old yeah, man say, and then uh good old Platt here, Ben Platt, who is a one, he's a very good voice. He is a good singer. That's why he was on Broadway uh, as he was. Is okay, let me just say this. Uh, trying to not be totally mean. He's a 30-year-old who looks a bit older than 30, just generally. Uh, and he's supposed to play a teenager in high school under the worst de-aging makeup and hair I have ever seen on film. Like, that is terrible. Uh, you might, Disney <laughs> should have just came in with their little eraser. Um, to yeah, their magic, work. their Disney magic. Their Disney magic, because that de-aging, even sometimes it's a little unsettling. You're like, oh, yeah. it's kind of uncanny. It's no, this, incredible now. Yeah, no, they should have This is terrible. Big- no, no, this was or, absolutely horrible. hear me out hire a high school a teenager at least a 20 year old at least somebody who looks like a teenager we were actually just talking about this yeah. before we got on the um tom holland on the on the podcast One, another girl that i went to high school again this whole like the most famous person i know uh she has been she's the same age as me she has been playing a teenager for the last 20 years effectively like she's been on different shows she is still she is currently on a show playing a teenager and i believe all of the other actors are you know they're at least late yeah. like younger 20s and she 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 nobody seems upset about it right so it is seems to be possible possible for a 34 year old to pass <laughs> as a teenager and um, that is not you that is not ben platt no yes. no no no, I have seen some actors that can like sell it for a really long time. There's some like very tiny women that can like just play <laughs> a teenager for forever. I actually think, honestly, I would say for myself, I, gen- I tend to look really young and like, I-, I don't know. I don't think I could play a teenager at this point in my life. I think I got too much wisdom in my eyes. Maybe a 20 something could possibly do that. But realistically, um, yeah. Know the casting should have been able to look at and like okay what's upsetting about this too is that like 
I'm, I always want them to hire an actual Broadway star for these things. Like I want to hear, I want the music to be the focus yeah. I want, but like sometimes <laughs> you need to pick the person who looks right and doesn't ruin your movie because they look ridiculous they in this look role. outrageous. Right? Like, right, we were talking about like, <laughs> Wicked, they're casting Ariana Grande and Cynthia Rivio, which I, I think they're both incredible vocalists. But honestly, like, if you're going with two people that are so far apart in age and or Cynthia Rivio is older anyways. Yeah. Just give us Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth. Like honestly, I when I saw care. when I saw Dear Evan Hansen, I said, "Screw it, just put Adina and Kristen in the movie." If we're, this is what we're doing, bring them back too because f it, this is outrageous. I mean, those women have. I, I actually think Adina Menzel has aged better than Kristen Chenoweth. Like I think Adina Menzel would be fine if you wanted to put her in it again. Kristen Chenoweth, they, can't you do it like college thing. age too? Can't you, you could do, totally do it college age. Get at college. Yeah, absolutely. You could also do it as like PhDs. It's like the magic school. Who cares? Whatever. Anyways, gunpowder milkshake. Did you see oh, that? Oh, I did. I don't um, know if it was like as bad as I felt like it was, or I was just deeply disappointed because it seemed like it was going to be too. cool. So this might be a case of it just being like, I really, it looked fun. And then it ended up like it had so much promise. And then yeah. the movie was just completely underwhelming. It was like way too long. The pacing was really bad. The action scenes were only okay. I did the, what made in the, tra everything in the trailers that was fun did not come into the movie itself. Like it, it, it's in the movie, but like, the trailer did a better job of like making it seem like it was this fun, yeah. like quirky sort of thing. And yeah. it just had no charm in reality. Um, none we of the followed the least fate, like least interesting, like, yeah. uh, you know, Karen Gillan, I think is okay, but you put her in the middle, but we have like Lena Headey, who is really charismatic. Obviously we have like Angela Bassett and Michelle Yao yeah. and all of these amazing women over here who are wonderful and then but we're just following Gil Karen Gillen and she's she's okay she's serviceable but she just is so kind of meh yeah yeah and the story is kind of meh and it's and it's always disappointing because i want movies like this i want yeah. movies where older women and young women and an entire cast of women beat the shit out of a bunch of dudes in a very cool very mm pretty visual world yeah. like I really wanted to like it and it was just some completely underwhelming and boring like that it this doesn't seem like that movie should be able to be boring like it seems like it has just like the, the way that it's built it's a, right like the very concept of a like underground team of assassins yeah, no. that like inherently comes with some amount of like expectation of it being fun yeah. and it just wasn't well that's the thing is when it comes to something like an action film you can get away with a lot. Like you can get away with a lot of stuff being bad. You can get away with a sloppy script. If those action sets are awesome, I'm going to have a good time. And I'm going to ultimately be like, you know what? It was a great, no, did I have fun? Yes. Yeah. But if you bring an action film and the action is boring and not well shot, no, immediately yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. you failed the assignment think, across um, the board. I think it also suffered from that. Like it doesn't, it didn't know what the tone was. It had no idea like what it wanted to be. I think, uh, there's sometimes it seemed a little bit like it wanted to be funny. There's a lot of movies yeah. that come out right now that like 
are supposed to be a comedy, but they're not funny at all, at all. Like you sit there and you don't laugh even once the entire film. So it's like this slight quirkiness and all it ends up doing is just being a very long, very draggy action film. Like that's the thing is like every, think of a great action film. They're also funny, right? Die Hard is like hilarious. I guess Terminator isn't like funny, funny, but at least Terminator has like this other side plot line that you can follow. And also like a sci-fi, almost horror. Like, you know what I mean? It has like most good action films. There's very few that are just straight action that are awesome. Uh, Usually you have like action, comedy, action, horror, action, sci-fi, like it kind of pairs well in with something else. I do. I would love if anybody listens at all, uh, which (laughs) maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um, But uh, I I can't even really think of it. Now that I say it, I'm like, are there any movies that did the assassin club thing well that it didn't end up being terribly disappointing? Because I don't think that the Kingsman was really very good either. And that was another just like assassins club sort of deal. Um, there, it seems like it should be fun and you should have really good action. People love the Kingsman. So they'll probably say oh, that one. Maybe. Oh, what was that other one? Oh, the, the room 304. Was that what it is? Some hotel, oh the one with Jodie Foster. What oh, was that terrible God. movie? Yeah, that was not good. They just came out with the 355 in theaters, which is a cast of women. Uh, Jessica Chastain, unfortunately, got roped into that. But have you terrible. seen it? It's, it's terrible. terrible. It's, Ugh, terrible. it's so disappointing. I don't think Lupita Nyong'o is in that. Penelope Cruz. I mean, that cast is amazing. Oh, and they... Why are they so bad at making these movies? It's horrible, but ugh, okay. So another disappointment for me this year, I didn't think it was actually possible for Studio Ghibli to land on my worst films of the year list. And here they are with Earwig and The Witch. Wow. Their first 3D CG film. It's from Mayo Miyazaki, which is the son, or Goro Miyazaki, which is Mayo's uh, son. Uh no, How? he's he's gotta go. How Miyazaki, his son. Yeah, Hal Miyazaki. Sorry, Hal Miyazaki son How? Goro Miyazaki, terrible director, and needs to give it up because uh, this is he's made one up from Poppy Hill is good, and that's because his father co-wrote it with him. Um, the rest of his films have been terrible, and Earwig and the Witch is just horrible i mean it has no plot but unlike others because that's studio ghibli does that often where there's not heavy plot but there's anime always, does that often <laughs> yeah but there's something going on there's interesting aspects to it there's the fantastical elements that you know sweep you up into whatever is happening this has none of that if it's all build up to her story and then it stops like right when it feels like maybe we should be getting to the buildup, the movie's over. And you're like, what the what was the point of this? This was literally just the characters don't grow. Earwig, our little main girl, she does not evolve at all. So it's not a character piece like Kiki and the delivery service where she grows. She has like actual movement as a person and it's a coming of age. No, it's not coming of age. It just is terrible. The CGI animation is ugly ugly like i just please no more of this i was so sad i was hoping it was gonna be great but no it's on my list for a while to watch no no i'm it's terrible (laughs) just have to rewatch spirited away again yeah rewatch spirited away tom and jerry that this is one of those movies i was like angry that i watched 
I think we talked about it at some point. I was like, yeah, oh yeah, we were talking about those like action, yeah, yep, the movie meets it. animation. So I don't need to go into this again. If you really want to hear my opinions on Tom and Jerry and why it's such a garbage, we did a whole thing about it and why it's bad. But it, uh, it's one of those movies that I was like angry. I had spent my time watching it. Like it, it, I felt like I had been robbed of those two hours of my life. Like how dare they for <sighs> this? sometimes you wonder like how can we bring these old properties into the new world because this is not the way what they do (laughs) fails miserably every time they try it it just is like what a disaster so Uh, i think what we need to do is stop trying to bring old properties that worked because of things that were necessary in the that time period right Tom and Jerry worked because they didn't have voice actors. Tom and Jerry was music and sound effects, and that's what made it fun and cute. Tom and Jerry worked because at that point in time, humans were still in that mindset where we thought funny was things getting hurt all the time. That was like, that's the the top of the comedy (laughs) spectrum with the stooges and everything. But, you know, with the amount of media that we've had in the last hundred years, we have really expanded on our ideas about what is funny. And you know what's not funny? anymore tom and jerry sorry they're just stop stop cute they're good for their time but sure and chloe grace moran fired your agent immediately like ma'am i think you have talent but you just well this is not it (laughs) okay so my next one is going to be the hitman's wife's bodyguard a sequel to a film that i liked a lot less than everyone else i did not like the hitman's bodyguard i thought it was terrible i did um, on a list of the worst movies of 2021 so yeah. you are in good company yeah uh because I, I said red notice was my most underwhelming thing and that's listen, what Ryan honestly if we were to go back to superlatives if i was mentioning bigger surprises free guy was actually quite the pleasant surprise i thought it was a lot it was a lot more fun than i anticipated it to be it's a great no not particularly but it was a lot of fun ryan reynolds outside of that had a terrible year because hitman's wife's bodyguard was wretched uh i am so tired I am so tired of Salma Hayek in this role already. Please, you're just running around, screaming all the time, cussing people out in Spanish. Screeching Latina. Screeching Latina. And that is all of her character in this movie. Morgan Freeman playing freaking Ryan Reynolds' father was just stupid. Like everything they tried to do in this movie was just stupid there are no good laughs it is shot in that incomprehensible action way where it's cutting so much and whirling that you're like okay i have motion sickness instead of being <laughs> like cool and you know ryan reynolds he's good Let's at hide our himself. bad choreography with cuts oh yeah the, we're hiding the fact that samuel al jackson is actually in his like mid-70s and is not doing all of this bull crap with cuts everywhere it's terrible don't make a third one and the title is already bad enough like so what would the next one be like the hitman's wife's son's bodyguard no we let it die please let it die here my <laughs> final pick old we did a whole oh. thing on it old is bad Old as it was, old as my movie this year that like the first time I saw it, I was like, it was okay. And then thought about it long yeah. enough to like get mad about it. <laughs> like the more I thought about it, the more I was like, and this doesn't make any sense. And this doesn't make any sense. And this is stupid. So that, yeah. Yeah. 
You have two movies that on years that were in my honorable mentions for my 10 worst of the year. (laughs) Tom and Jerry and old made, made it down there for me. They didn't quite make my worst worst. This is, you see more than me. So you've just statistically been exposed to more bad movies. This is, I I don't think you've seen any of my bottom five, uh, because I'm positive positive you haven't seen this other one and that's don't breathe too. So if you are morally like just, bankrupt it makes it real difficult for me to get on board with your film like if the premise of your film is just moral trash and the ideal behind making the movie is not to expose that or to give us some sort of commentary or bring light no 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 it would just instead the director and creators come online and say well it's a movie about anti anti-heroes about anti-villains but we're not humanizing and heroing the guy from Don't Breathe that was a rapist and murderer. No, no, no. We're making him an anti-villain. What? No. Uh, That's what this film does. It takes the man, the blind man from the first Don't Breathe, who literally kidnaps a girl and impregnates her with a turkey baster in his basement and murders kids um, and turns him into a hero for this film as he takes another girl another small girl and raises her as his own daughter and has to save her from her horrible junkie parents okay so listen um i haven't seen this movie but i i generally really enjoy movies that let you movies and media in general that like put a twist on the villain loki is great. great he's a villain and then he has to grow and change and learn from what he's yes. done. And you get to watch him sort of like see himself and re- literally see himself reflected over and over again. And like, that's great. That's really well done. Yeah. There's actually a Pixar movie that's coming out. That's like about, it doesn't look great or anything, but it's like the big bad wolf and like these people oh, who are like it. criminals and they have to, but they like steal shit. There are certain <laughs> types of criminals and villains that you cannot redeem. You even as a true crime crazy person, I I absolutely do not want to watch you try and redeem Ted Bundy. He's a piece of shit human being. I don't want to hear anything about John Wayne Gacy. Nope. He's a bad, terrible, broken, garbage person. And you can go ahead. I am fascinated by the background. I am fascinated yes. to learn what makes a monster that is that is yeah. interesting because it's psychology and it's horrifying but you cannot fix <laughs> that a rapist child murderer yeah no and no. that's the thing maybe if we got the the origins no 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 they they make you it can, a direct sequel you can fix a thief you can fix you can fix a murderer who was like murdered in self-defense and then decides that they're going to start killing all of the pedophiles. Like that is like vengeance, right? Yeah. That is like, okay. I mean, like, I don't like in real life. I'm like, no, no, murder is murder, right? Like, this is a fantasy in storytelling that is doable. And it's just honestly the first in the first film, this would have been the this fix is so easy for these two films. If you take out him inseminating this woman um it makes the first film a little bit better in general and it makes him 
more redeemable because these kids do break into his house. So he kills them. But at least it was a gray area of kill. No, but once we go into the basement and find a woman he has kidnapped, strapped up into this thing and has a little turkey baster, he's done. He's done. He's a terrible person. A lack of understanding of the evolution of a serial killer (laughs) like that serial criminal person. They don't backslide, y'all. There is an escalation. If he's gotten to the point of kidnapping and raping and impregnating a woman he's trapped in his basement he's not sliding back from that oh. he's and gonna he tries to do it again ladies. that's yes. the thing in the first in the film movie? he tries to do it again in the first film he tries to grab the girl that we're following and then in the second film he raises a girl uh he just yeah. raises her as an overprotective father figure no 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 if, if you made a Don't Breathe 2, the only way you can make it is that he is still your villain. That yeah. is the only way you continue to make it a sequel to Why the first one. Think... Why you decided to humanize him. become not a machete murderer. Freddy Krueger doesn't suddenly not want to kill you in your dreams. No. You keep your villain. You keep him as the villain. Um, so yeah, don't breach you. It was bankrupt from the concept. Some of the kills were kind of cool, but when you go in and you see that, oh, wow, they really did, uh, make him the, the protector of a small girl after what he did in the first film. I'm done. I'm like, okay, I'm good. This, <laughs> I'm is, this out. is trash. I'm sorry. This is absolute trash and should have never been made. So don't breach you. It's no, we're done. We're done with this. It, let it flop. It's over. <laughs> Okay, so those were our worst TV shows and films of 2021. Uh, Let us know, have you watched these or were you lucky and you escaped a lot of what we just talked about? Or is there something even worse? Yeah, or did we escape something that is even more wretched than the stuff we listed here? Let us know either in the comment section, if you're watching on YouTube, or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, all of those at Cinema Snarks. Ren, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram at RennyPoo13. You can also find me on Twitter at RenManly. Perfect. And you can find me here on YouTube where our podcast visual form is hosted at Chili Boy Productions on Instagram at Chili Boy Productions and Chili Boy YT on Twitter. We thank you all for listening to our snarky remarks about these terrible pieces of media. And make sure to come back when we talk about our most and least anticipated films coming up in 2021. There's 2022. Oh, shit. 2022. See? <laughs> it's like when you write the date on a check and Honestly, it takes at least a month to get the right date. Honestly, 2020 up through now is all just kind of like one Blur. big long misery. So it really, we haven't escaped the the just episode of misery yet. Uh, maybe I'll learn. It it's all still 2020. Out. Let's be real. <laughs> it's just 2020 going on forever at this point. But we'll be talking about our most and least anticipated for the coming year. So come back for that. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on that next one. Bye.